Gestalt IT is proud to present the On-Premise IT Roundtable. On this episode, we're talking less about technology and more about the lives of the people that manage it. IT professionals spend years learning how to manage a network, but the panel today talks about the challenges of managing a career. To follow all the participants on the roundtable and to get more episodes, be sure to check out gestaltit.com slash podcast. I'm Stephen Foskett from Gestalt IT, and welcome to the Gestalt IT Roundtable Podcast. We're here in sunny, well, not so much today, California, uh, for Networking Field Day, and we're talking to a group of networking folks. Now, most of the time, uh, networking people, when they get together, they talk about the latest technologies, the latest protocols, you know, managing networks. But this time, we're going to be talking about something a little different. We're going to talk about managing your career as opposed to managing your network. I'm joined today by uh, four folks from the Networking Field Day roster. Uh, let's have you introduce yourselves. Yeah, I'm Jody Lemoyne. Uh, Twitter handle is at Ghost in the Net. Uh, I am a network consultant and uh, technical specialist to the small and mid-market enterprise. Largely one of the few hired guns in my industry that's not associated with a large corporation. Denise Donahue, and I tweet at Lady Networker. I'm a business architect for NetCraftsman, meaning I help companies take their business solutions and translate them into technology solutions. I'm Yvonne Sharp. Um, I work for a large uh, Fortune 500 healthcare enterprise. You can find me on Twitter at Sharp Network, and uh, I blog at esharp.net. Uh, Kevin Myers. My uh, Twitter handle is at stubarea51, and you can go to stubarea51.net, and I am a uh, Network Architect and co-founder of uh, IP Architects, which is a consulting engineering firm that deals with white box integration for service providers and large enterprise. So Yvonne, you were uh, introducing this topic and you said uh, basically that, that we need to start thinking about managing our careers. And I think that's true. I mean, I, I'm not a networking guy. I, I was a storage guy, but still, um, I found that same thing. It's much easier to think about technology and about what, how does this work and how does that work than it is to think about what is my career going to look like. Uh, it's much easier to look at today instead of my whole career, years. Yeah, I think it's so often as technologists we get wrapped up in the technology and finding the right solution. And, and we, we sort of erroneously believe that if we do that and we do it well, then our career is stable and that our efforts will be appreciated, and that it'll all be great. Um, and really, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a big part of learning the business that we work for, that we work in. We also have to um, think about where technology is going and how to position our skills, but also lots of soft skills, how to, how to communicate with those we work with, how to think about what we want to be doing five years from now, um, the kind of lifestyle that we want to have. Do we want to travel? Do we, um, do we not want to travel? And um, we can make strategic decisions in our career, not only about uh, who we work for, but the kind of technologies that we work on um, that will help get us closer to where we think that end goal is. But we have to kind of know where we're going. So just like when you uh, architect or design a network, you sort of figure out what your end state, what you want that to be, and you make incremental decisions to get you there. And we kind of have to do the same thing with our career. Isn't that interesting, though, that people who are very good at managing, you know, large, complex things uh, don't often think about managing this one um, complex thing that's so important to them? Yeah. Well, you get, you get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. 
you've got um, emergency after emergency, you've got rollouts, you've got all the meetings, all the different things you get, get um, hung up with that takes your time during the day. You get home and the last thing you feel like doing is <laughs> getting back on the computer or taking a class, listening to podcast trainings, etc. There's an old expression mm -hmm. that says the cobbler's children have no shoes. Yeah. And that is to say we're so busy dealing with our customers' problems and with the things that are, are important to us as a deliverable that when it comes to introspection, we kind of come back and it, it's an afterthought. So what should people do? Uh, you know, what, the people who are listening to this, what should they think about uh, first? I think you, have to treat, you need to treat yourself as a company. One of my favorite quotes from a boss of mine said, what have you done for me, Incorporated? Me Incorporated is you. You know, it is you are your own company. You are your own brand, regardless of where you work. And so you need to be able to, you know, constantly invest in that. And whether that's, you know, professional education in the realm of certification or, you know, doing something like this, it's you should always be contributing to Me Incorporated as, you know, your career as an individual. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to ask yourself the question, what, what life do I want? Right? I mean, what, 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 what life do I want? Mm -hmm. um, and then figure out what that looks like. And uh, none of us, when we start out in our career, can have what the life we want. You, you, there's some due paying and there's some uh, education that needs to happen. You have to uh, hone your craft. Um, but we certainly can make decisions that get us closer to that goal. And I think a lot of times we just wake up one day and go, wait a minute, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've been doing exactly the same thing. Um, those very early in the careers may think that 10 years sounds a long way away um, and that they've got tons of time, but, but it really does happen very quickly. Um, and I think the more strategic we can be, um, the, the better off uh, we'll be. And, and I think some of that happens in managing the day-to-day. -day. Um, if you have a family and you want time for that family, how do you carve that out? How do you deal with, we all, I think, have a tendency to overcommit, to say that, that oh yeah, I can take care of that. I can do that, and, and we look at each project and task like it exists in its own little vacuum. <laughs> and so, yeah, I could do that, given unlimited time, and if I didn't have all this other stuff on my list, I could probably have it done tomorrow. But I have all these other things on my list, and things like family, things like life, things like extracurricular activities that we want to do that we enjoy need to be on that list. They're not something that we get to when we get to them. We have to schedule that and look at it almost like it's a project, um, or, or, or it's just not gonna happen. I, I do think that um, starting a family tends to force that discussion. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that when, when people get married and when people have children, suddenly um, they start thinking a little more strategically than they did when they just started out. And that could be an age thing, it could be a career thing, but I really do think that it's, uh, it's actually more of the, the big questions that you start asking yourself when you have children. Mm -hmm. You have to, your priorities change, but you, like, if, if you do nothing else for your career, listen to the first minute of what Yvonne said when she first spoke, because you've got to make yourself do those things. You've got to think long term. You've got to evaluate where you are now and honestly take stock of what you can do, what you want to do, what you're good at, and see wh where you can go to get to where you want to be. Because geek references have to come into the picture at some point. Babylon 5 had two questions. Who are you and what do you want? Who are you is where you are. What do you want is where you need to be. And those two dovetail into each other. And ultimately, it puts you in the situation of 
if you don't love it, don't do it. But that's, I, I think maybe that's another thing that I was thinking of when Yvonne was just saying this. It's very easy for us to um, basically not have the confidence in ourselves to feel that we're entitled to ask these questions. Um, you know, if, if so much of your career, especially when you're starting out, is about proving yourself, proving yourself worthy, you know, I deserve a job, I deserve this job, I can do this, I can do this. And, and that really doesn't lend itself to asking yourself this question of, you know, kind of, I can do this, but what do I deserve and what do I want? You know, do I want to come into the office every day? Do I want to work for a big company? Do I want to be working on this project instead of that other thing that I really think is cool? You know, in a way, I think many of us just don't have that self-confidence to ask ourselves, you know, do I deserve to have what I want? And ultimately, they're of the opinion that that's an external decision when it's really an internal one. You've got the, you're in the position where you have to decide whether you are worthy of that. And if you know in your own evaluation that you really are, it's really easy to convince others that this is the case. Well, the answer is always yes, you are. Yeah. And like... Like you were saying, the the um, way to do it is to say, I am a company of one. Yeah. And I see so many people who are stuck in the job they have because they've gotten very, very good at that. They've let all their certifications lapse. And so when they go out to look for another job, to apply for a job, they don't have a way to prove this is how good I am. So don't do that. And just because your employer doesn't pay for your certifications, don't let them lapse. Just because they don't put value on them, don't let stuff like that lapse. Because you always have to be looking at where's the next job. Well, speaking of someone who is a company of one, the certifications <laughs> are less what my management wants. They're less what my customers want. It's more marketing, really. It's my mm -hmm. certifications. It's your personal are, marketing. It's my, it's my yeah. personal portfolio. It's, yeah. it's like, this is what I bring to the table, and this is why you should hire me to do this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not something you let lapse because your manager hasn't told you to do it. Yeah, right. and that's a great point, because I mean, right. as an independent in a consulting firm, that is something, there's certain technologies that I'll go do certifications on, because people that are prospectively looking at deploying that are like, well, okay, you've touched that. You have some idea and relevance. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, when you get, when you break out into that enterprise, or I'm working for somebody else mindset of, I need this to get that job. It's more of what value does this bring to the overall picture of the world that I work in and live in what I do. Exactly. And uh, Stephen was talking about um, the, the idea that maybe we don't feel like we deserve it. I think one of the things that's been mind shifting for me is that in a lot of ways, nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, everybody is figuring, we're all figuring it out and we're all at different places on that continuum. Um, and, and, and very early on, you look around and you think, oh my gosh, everybody knows more than I do. Um, and and, and I that's look why around. It's hard to feel justified in saying, but yet I want a career path. And, but then also, there's this cognitive dissonance that happens every time we step into a new role. In, in, in the last six months, um, our team lead has moved on where I am, and now I'm a team lead. And so there's been this new sense with me of, oh my gosh, I'm talking all the time. Do I sound like an idiot? Um, am I really up to this challenge? Um, and all kinds of just internal questions. And you just have to push through that. I think sometimes we believe that we, as individuals, discrete individuals, have to have all the answers. But I think once we can learn to look at ourselves and, and to say, my job is not to necessarily have the answer on the tip of my tongue, but to be able to find the answer 
and to be able to prove that we can find the answer and that we can uh, implement a solution to a problem, regardless of the technology. Um, I, I think that is an incredible skill that we can hone and it will help us in every arena that we find ourselves in. Yeah, um, and as, as an employer too, so I'm, I'm somebody's boss and um, I have that same situation and that's exactly what I'm looking for in employees. Now I'm not sure that all employees, employers are looking for the same thing, but I would much rather have someone who says, I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to go do it anyway and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to work through it. Or somebody, then somebody who just says, you know, whatever, I don't know, I don't know that, I'm going to just stop working now and, and, and demand that you make me do what I do know how to do. Well, and I would say even worse than that is somebody who doesn't know and then pretends like they do. <laughs> oh, well, and you, right? You're, you're absolutely right. No, that's but you kind of have to pretend. Yeah, but well, you, you've but it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah. Right, and you've got to learn that's how. not your answer every time. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Between, and you have to learn how to learn. Versus I know how to do it. Right, right. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say you have to learn how to learn. That's the thing that I really, you know, in almost 20 years of doing this, that's the one thing that I have learned is you're always learning something new. There's always something to be learned. How do you learn that thing well? How do you digest that quickly? And you know, strong fundamentals in networking—you know, knowing the OSI layer, knowing strong route switch—lets you dive off into all these other areas. And I think that's, to me, the most critical thing: is teaching yourself how to learn effectively and consume new skills and things. And there's yeah. another thing, actually, that Yvonne pointed out there too. And I, I, I'm picking on you because I've had—you know—we've had these conversations about career and about the changing your changing career. Another thing that technical people, I think, face is that. Um, well, we're technical people, and we categorize ourselves that way. We pride ourselves on that. And yet, as we advance in our careers, we have to start not always being technical people. Sometimes we have to start being managers and project managers and business people. And that's a difficult decision and a difficult transition. And it's a yeah. skill set. Yeah. I think sometimes as technologists, we look at everybody else who doesn't do technology. Um, we don't really value what they do and the skill sets that, that, that they have. We think that because they can't, they don't know how to subnet, that uh, they don't have any sense. Um, and that's Wait, that's not, that's, that's not true? true. Wait, that's not true? <laughs> now, if you're applying for a network engineering position or, you know, and you don't know how to subnet, that's a different conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. but, um, but I think sometimes we undervalue all those other skills, and so we don't, we don't, invest in them in ourselves. Well, I would say even as a network engineer, even if you're not moving into management, you need to invest in those soft skills. Mm -hmm. You're right. It, it comes naturally to very, very few of us, but it's so critical. Mm -hmm. What do employers look for? What do you look for? You look for somebody who not only has knowledge, but can impart that knowledge, can get along with people who, who understand what's important to the company and prioritize that and make that happen. And frankly, so, um, you know, career planning, um, you know, these things are just as important as router configuration, and they're really not all that different a skill. You know, I mean, if you say, you know, I know Juniper and I know Cisco uh, iOS um, on your resume as line items, you know, what's wrong with saying, and I know project management? You know, I mean, that's, that's a skill, too. No, and it is yeah. because it, it gets in, and I think you've done a lot of writing on this, actually, is, you know, the business objective. You know, you're really there to solve a business problem. You know, it's not, I know how to configure a router, I know how to do this. That's, the, I think, the biggest soft skill for a network architect or network engineer is, what problem are we trying to solve, and how do I translate that into technology as well as sell that to the people upstream that have to fund it? You know, what does this get yeah. you? And I can tell you, as a, as a company who does consulting and then seeing from my customers, too, someone, an engineer who knows project management, oh, that is sweet, because then you know they're not going to be 
going way behind on from projects. They're going to be calling in help. They're going to know how to manage their time. Yeah. And I would I would say never underestimate the value of a well kept list. I mean, I know that that's a very low tech thing, but make a list. Whether you're talking about career planning or whether you're talking about managing a project or whether you're talking about wanting to improve your relationships through an organization. Who are the people I need to have better relationships with to move me forward? Mm -hmm. And how? what's my next step to build a better relationship with that person? All right, All right. so I want a recommendation from each of you. So, so think strategically about your career. Uh, value these skills. Build, a, build lists. You know, try to keep organized. For me, that was a, a tremendous and difficult challenge, learning that it's not pointless to write things down and try to keep organized. Uh, give me a couple more skills that we can impart to the listeners who, who for, for, build, for managing their career and not just their network. Lift your head up. Mm -hmm. Look around you. Don't get so blind and, and involved in your day-to-day -day stuff. Look around you. Know, you. Look, look at the big picture. Look up. All right. Don't slot yourself. Don't say, I am a technologist. Don't say, I, I'm going to be a manager. Don't define yourself by your position. Define yourself by what you love and by what you want to do. Because when you move on to a skill that you don't love and that becomes your focus, you've lost your way. I think for me, I would say the um, the business relevance of social networking. If you're going, you know, if you're going to be in this this business, you need to understand the relevance that LinkedIn and Twitter and all these things have, because it's not just a way to go voice our opinion. You know, there is you know, I have business that comes to me from LinkedIn and Twitter. There's a very critical, important thing that I think we neglect far too often and see it as just a, a way to communicate with friends. Mm -hmm. And in that vein, and I was I was really thinking, don't underestimate the value of having a personal network, not not just the people you work directly with, but people in your local geographical area, people who work in your industry in the broader area, social media gives us the ability to do that in ways that 10 years ago we couldn't. And that personal network has huge value in not just solving your day-to-day -day technical problems, but if you run into a career issue or you need to make a ch career change um, or just to understand what's going on in the broader world to what Denise said about looking up, um, that personal network is, is critical to help us do that. I would like to add, uh, my recommendation would be, uh, don't always, um, you know, don't be, don't be rude about it. Don't think of yourself as, you know, I'm a company of one, I'm looking out for me. I mean, of course, you have to think about your company and you have to think uh, collectively. But when it comes to your career, it's almost guaranteed that every one of us will have more than one job and work for more than one company. And so you do have to look at your career as a company of me. You know, you don't want to always want to be out for yourself in every moment of every day at the job, but you do have to think about it in terms of your career. And that leads me to the most important recommendation that I would have for anybody, especially somebody who's starting out on a career in tech, in networking, in IT, and that is um, you know, plan for years down the road. Do retirement planning. Start saving for retirement. Um, I am so, so glad that somebody told me that when I was very young because I'm in much better shape, and I feel a lot better about it now that I'm in my 40s um, than I would have if I hadn't started saving for retirement and so on. So think about the fact that you're going to have, even if you love your job, even if you love your company, you're going to have other jobs, you're going to work for other companies, and eventually you're not going to, and you've got to be ready for that day too. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT. 
home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at GestaltIT and at Facebook.com slash GestaltIT. Very original. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me. Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day.